Thank you guys. You guys can have a seat. Wow. When Martin was having that encounter at retreat, we all felt, I want whatever you're swimming in over here. So I, I asked him to share that, and I just I thank you um, for trusting us. And I did not ask them to share, to honor me in their testimonies. That was not what I asked. Just to be really clear, <laughs> that wasn't what I said. Um, but what I love about the contradiction between Martin's testimony and the other testimonies is that they both happen in community. And tonight, I'm going to preach a message that's not really your typical Pentecost message, but I believe the Lord's going to touch many of you in a way that you haven't experienced before, because you're going to have a revelation of community that you haven't had yet. Um, and so I'm just going to pray. I'm going to pray that the Lord would, would come. And so Jesus, I thank you for this opportunity to share your heart that you've given me. God, I thank you for every person in this room. I thank you for encounters, and I thank you for community in this place, God. And so I just pray that you would come tonight and you would speak with heavenly revelation to each of your children in this room tonight. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. The scriptures are full of language about community. Like all over the place. Man should not be alone. Two are better than one. Um, iron sharpens iron. The list goes on. And in my mind, I'm like, I better read about the Pentecost. Like, is there anything I can pull from here for my message that I feel on community? And I have about six sermons on community. So we came down to this one. Acts 2.1 says, when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And this is so significant because they weren't alone. They weren't by themselves. They were together and the spirit manifested itself. And if you fast forward to Acts 42 through 47, it says, And they devoted themselves, the believers, to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were saved. And so tonight, I'm going to talk about church community. Yes, we are to go out and love those outside of the church. We are to make disciples. We are to, to go love the lost. But we are also called to be in church community. It is so clear in scripture. And I hear too many people that are in this generation, like millennials and, and Gen Zs of, I don't need the church. Yes, you do. You need the church. The scripture is so clear that we are to do this life together. It's so clear. And I have so many verses. We're not going to read all of them. But if you want them, you can email me later and I'll send them to you if you're questioning my biblical context here. <laughs> but we are called to do life together on common ground. And common ground means Jesus. Like, that's the common ground. When I think about my friendships over the last seven years, what has developed those friendships is the one common thing, Jesus. We worship together, we pray together, we've played together. And um, I, I was, this week, I knew I was going to talk about community. That was before I realized it was Pentecost Sunday. 
So thank you, Lord, for tying it all together. But I have recently been listening to a preacher, Darren Roundson, who's actually going to be here in July, and you won't want to miss it. He's an incredible teacher, and I can't wait for what he's going to release in this place. But his sermon last week was titled The Loneliness Epidemic. I was like, whoa, that's wild. So I listened to it, and he references what the U.S. general surgeon had just released, an advisory about the loneliness epidemic in our country. So I did my own research because I hadn't heard about it, read it, known about it. And I'm just going to read what I found. The U.S. Surgeon General states, Given the significant health consequences of loneliness and isolation, we must prioritize building social connection the same way we have prioritized other critical health issues, such as tobacco, obesity, substance disorders. Loneliness and isolation has increased the risk of heart disease, stroke, developing dementia, and also has increased premature death. He didn't even include statistics of how much this has increased depression and anxiety. And we know from people we love that this has increased. And this is just due to the lack of connection with people. In a world where we have digital media at our fingertips, he's saying we're not connected. He also states a framework of steps to bring change. And I'm not going to read all those, but I am going to read two of them. He says we need to strengthen our social infrastructure. Connections are not just influenced by individual interactions, but by the physical elements of community. To strengthen social infrastructure, communities must design environments that promote connection. And two, he states, we must critically evaluate our relationship with technology and, sh and ensure that how we interact digitally does not detract from meaningful and healing connection with others. This is the U.S. general surgeon, and God gave us this download well before that. And yet we are in an epidemic of loneliness and isolation. And it rocked my heart. One, because I know people in this house that are feeling those things and people outside of this house that are feeling those things. And as a church, I don't think we've arrived there. I know I haven't arrived there, but we've started. There's things that we, we saw a need for this, and that's why we started these all-church dinners. That's why we do things like Riverhouse Olympics. That's why we do things like barbecues or park nights. It's because we see the need for social connection, worshiping Jesus all day long. Yes, Lord, we love that. And we have to play together. I think we're missing a piece. If you're only finding yourself in the prayer room, but you're avoiding the church dinners, you're missing it. It's both and. If we want to see revival, we have to prioritize community. That is the reality. That is scripture reality, and that is the reality that we see in this world today. Community reveals the heart of Jesus. It takes us into encounters. It also confronts the really ugly stuff inside of us. And that's why community is hard, because we have to risk it all. And all of a sudden, you're humbled when you realize, ooh, I had unspoken expectations there, and I'm really hurt by you. Or, oh, I feel rejected because you didn't invite me to that party. Or, oh, I was scrolling through social media and I saw they were together and I wasn't invited. All of a sudden, we're like, oh, what's inside of me? It's better to just isolate. But it's not working. 
when we have encounters alone, it's powerful and intimate and holy. And I'm not discrediting those, but tonight I want to talk about encounters and community. One of the encounters I was marked by, we had a women's conference. It was, I think, one of our first ones when Richard and Libby Gordon were here. And at the end of the conference, Richard asked us to take like a prophetic step forward to step into who we're called to be as women. And, you know, charismatic girls we are, we all stepped forward and we've dropped. I mean, we fell so fast. The rest of the conference was over. We couldn't do anything that night because we were all on the floor <laughs> laughing, crying. It was really holy. And I was laying there in this holy encounter with the Lord. And I, I was holding hands with the two women next to me and we were all linked. And he said, I need you to link arms with these women because if you don't link arms, you'll fall. And it marked me. It wasn't the encounter. It was the moment he said, you need them. You're not called to do this alone anymore. Break down the walls, trust them. Even though your past tells you not to, your present and your future tells you trust them because I'm in both and no matter what happens you can trust me and I'm asking you to trust them and it changed me I've had more encounters alongside those women Robin specifically I get holy laughter every time we have an encounter with Jesus and she was one of those women and I watched her and I learned from her and I linked arms with her and then my first young adults retreat that I served in, it was, this was the one I believe they were all at for the first time. Sam was also there for the first time. And I got hit. I mean, when you go to a young adults retreat, if you haven't been, I don't know if this hypes you up enough, but you're going to want to come. We're in the middle of a worship set in the living room and I get hit with the glory and I start rapping. I mean, full on like rapping gospel girl raps I don't even know what I said to this day haven't done it but all of a sudden we all break out in a dance party we're all rapping AJ's like what is going on I'm like the new girl on the block that's like hey I'm here to serve I don't want to be the one knocked out here we are rapping and I still haven't done it but it was in that moment community that the Lord came and he said here I am there is nothing more fun than getting hit with holy laughter with your community nothing like it and you also can't deny it because at the end of the day I can't stop being reminded by the people that were with me remember when you got touched by the spirit and you were rapping you should do it again like I can't just like whip that one out that one was just Jesus okay so we need these communities of people or these encounters with community. And the reason why it's so important to have those and not just the ones by yourself is because that's where the enemy sneaks in. Oh, that was just you. You were just emotional in that moment. There was other things going on. But when you're in community with people, they remind you that was Jesus. I watched it. But community is not just about encounters. It's also about seeing Jesus in others. We are missing a huge part of the heart of Jesus if we're not playing with his children. He's in all of it. 
Jesus says, enter the kingdom as children. And when I went to school for my teaching degree, one of the first things they teach you in classroom management is that elementary and middle school kids have a 15-minute capacity of time to actually be engaged. I was like, 15 minutes? That's a lot. I don't know if you noticed in worship, but kids dance. I saw some youth over here doing jumping jacks. I'm like, yeah, I relate, okay? 15-minute attention span. If we're to come to Jesus like children, do some jumping jacks. Play a little. Don't just sit on your knees. I don't know if some children could sit. I don't know, actually. Does anyone have a child that could sit there for hours on their knees? Anyone? Okay. Some. There's a few of you out there. Naomi might be able to do that. Sweet, sweet Naomi was learning from her dad. (laughs) India's learning from me and Jake, and she will not be able to sit there for hours. We need to play. Children need fun. They need to play, and so do we. We have to. He encounters us in the play. Healthy community requires participation. And in my opinion, the thing that steals from community almost more than digital media is busyness. I'm too busy for that. I'm too busy for young adults. I'm too busy for youth. I'm too busy for house churches. I'm too busy for church every Sunday. I'm too busy to meet with a counselor. I'm too busy. And as far as I've heard from all the parents of multiple kids, it only gets busier. So if we're saying that now, it's only going to get busier. And when does that stop being our excuse? I'm guilty. I'm not saying I've arrived in this area. But the Lord showed me, you're not too busy. Justin challenged me last week, a few of us, to start going to house churches at least once a month. I'm like, that's doable. That's 12, or what did I say? That's 36 hours out of 8,760 hours in a year that you are committing if you go to house church once a month. Or young adults once a month. 36 hours. I think we have to start planning better. Because if we're too busy for 36 hours in the scheme of a year, we're too busy. And it confronted me. If you attended Riverhouse Olympics next week, little plug for Pastor Justin here, that is one Saturday out of 52. One Saturday to hang out with your community and play. We need to plan better. And most of these things, we get advanced notice about it. But it's hard to commit to community. If you're creating space to gather with your brother and sisters once a month, that's 12 times in a year. If we can't commit to creating a space 12 times in one year, we're too busy. We have a ton of youth and a ton of young adults here. And I know many of my young adults would be so open to watching your kids if they were asked. There's connections. I love what Justin did during transition. We need each other. We need each other. And we see value in families being a part of community groups. We see value in young people being a part of community groups. We see value. 
but we have to partner together to make this happen. Community will never just happen for us. It never will. Some people are sitting in this room or on live stream just waiting for community to happen. Community didn't just happen for me here. I fought for it. I had a lot of hard conversations. Man, I was humbled so many times. So many times. I crossed lines. I didn't go deep enough. I was too vulnerable. I shared too much with that person, not enough with that person. Like, I did the dance, but I had to fight for it. And even in it, some people that were here seven years ago aren't here anymore. So sometimes it's seasonal, and that sucks. Like, that's hard, but it's worth it. Because a lot of people are still on this narrow path with me. Some people say that it's narrow, like no one's here. No, there's people running with you. Are you looking? Because they're ready to link hands with you. They're ready, but you have to take ownership. Some of you have heavenly ideas on how to create community and you're waiting for one of us on staff to tell you to do it. Just do it. Plan the dinner, have the game night, plan the dance party. Like, just do it. If you have the call on your heart to create community, don't wait for someone to ask you to create it. Just create it. That's your job. That's not our job. Just like it's not anyone else's job to create community for me. That's on me. Community is about cultivating. It's about selflessness. Will you lay your life down for your brother or sister? Sometimes it's tiring. As I was preaching this out loud to India and she wasn't responding, I was like, well, no crowd's going to be harder than that. (laughs) Then I was preaching out loud to myself and I was like, well, that's a good word. I'm getting some revelations on ways that I can come alongside community. And I believe some of you in this room do too. Like I believe revelations being downloaded on how to cultivate this. If you're waiting, I sense this when I was preparing, you're like waiting for an encounter from the Lord, like waiting and digging and digging and Lord, I'm seeking you, I'm seeking you. I just hear him asking, where are the people with you? Community is beautiful because it's a, a bumper guard for when things get hard. It's a reminder of who you are because life isn't always easy. But these people around you will remind you who you are, who you're called to be, what you're supposed to do. We're not meant to live in isolation and loneliness. We're just not. And Jesus said it. The Lord said it when he created the heavens and the earth. He created Adam and he said man should not be alone. That means from the beginning of time, he had a heart that we should not be alone. And so tonight, I sense that there are a few groups that need to respond that the Lord wants to minister to. And I'm going to have the ministry team come up and Becca can come play keys. And if you have families and you want to respond, your kids are not a distraction, I, was in, I would encourage you to bring them up here. 
The first group are the people that are a part of house churches, young adults, youth, community groups within the house, but you lack consistency. And the Lord is asking you to make this a priority. And some of you actually need to repent to your house church leaders, your youth leaders, your young adult leaders for your lack of consistency because you've committed, but then you've become inconsistent. And it's this question of like, are they a part? Are they not a part? Do you want to be here? Do you not want to be here? And you're complaining about not being in community, but like you're inconsistent. Group two is you've been in a cycle of comparison with previous communities. Putting ideals on what you think community should look like in this house with the house church you're in or the young adults group you're in. It's this cycle of comparison I feel like the Lord wants us to repent for comparison. The third is unspoken expectations. Those have stolen the ability for you to fully engage with community. You have expectation that so-and-so is going to ask you this or expectation that this group is going to be X, Y, and Z. I feel like the Lord's revealing those. And the fourth group is I feel like there's people in this room that are really struggling with loneliness and isolation. This is where you're stuck. And you're so deep that you can't actually even get yourself to show up. And I just want to tell you that you belong here. You're not alone in what you're feeling. This is an attack of the enemy. And so I just want to encourage you to come forward and, and let these beautiful ministers pray over your heart. Speak to the reality that you belong, that you're not meant to be alone, that there is community for you in this house. I'm not going to ask this to be a quiet response space. This is a family service. And so I would just ask you to engage with the way the Lord's asking you to engage while ministry's happening. I would imagine on Pentecost Sunday, there was a whole lot more noise than this. And that makes me laugh. We're like, so distracted. No. The kid's laughing, crying. It's amazing. It's beautiful. We want that. So I'm just going to pray. And if you feel led to respond to any of these groups that I, I spoke about, this space is open. Jesus, I thank you for community. I thank you that it was your heart. It was your design. It was your idea. God, I thank you for vulnerability and humility that comes in community. I thank you for the, the sons and daughters in this room that have felt lonely and isolated. I thank you that you're breaking it tonight. You're breaking it tonight. Lord, I thank you that we all have a table, a seat at the table with you. Every single one of us. 
And so, God, we just, we come and we say, search our hearts. Search our hearts for where there's busyness in the way. Search our hearts for where there's comparison and unspoken expectations. Search our hearts for where we've searched for the encounter but missed out on your community of people. I pray that there would be such a conviction to be a part of your church community.